0: in the back. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you for allowing me to um, speak today. I don't really have to uh, preach, but uh, Pastor Howell asked me, and um, as I, um, you know, um, um, quote the Lord not to refuse uh, the blessing of preaching the Word of God. And this morning, Uh, It's just um, a great blessing to see uh, our people and the people here in Pocatani, not um, always come to this part of the country, but uh, it's always a blessing to see uh, people, especially here um, during our revival conference. And uh, Pastor Tabato, good to see you, Pastor, and um, many others. So we um, thank the Lord for the opportunity today. Let's open our Bibles and let's go to the book of um, Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse number 3. This is our uh, theme for this year. <clears throat> Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse number 3. And uh, also if you open to um, Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse number 14. Because I can see all these verses, uh, both of these verses are very similar and uh, very, um, you know, um, connected to each other as far as... Um, you know, the mechanics of these uh, two verses. The title of, of my message um, this morning is um, uh, When Christians pray, the Lord will send a revival. Now, again, we will uh, expound a prayer later on. What kind of prayer is that? Because we understand that all of us pray and why there's no not much revival happening in the midst of us. But when Christians pray, the Lord will send the revival. I will read this and follow with your eyes. (coughs) Jeremiah chapter 33, verse number 3. And also I will read 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. Bible says in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which (coughs) thou knowest not. And this is very similar, as I said, to 2 Chronicles, 714, if you uh, open to that part also, I will read that and follow it, arise, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from <clears throat> heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal yeah. their land. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us together to um, gather together, Lord, for one purpose. And that is, O oh God, to give glory unto your name. Uh, Lord, bless all of us as we seek um, your working in our, in our hearts, You your working in our churches, and in, in our individual lives. I pray, O oh God, that you will send this revival that we seek. Help us, Lord, to have this revival, the true revival that, Lord, uh, will impact uh, upon the lives of our people and upon um, the people in our society. And, Lord, I pray that you will just work in our hearts this morning. And, Lord, just be with us, all that, and stir our hearts through your word. And encourage us, Lord, to continue on and to um, carry, Lord, uh, that torch so that Lord will be able to um, give light to the people in darkness. Bless all of us this morning. And help me, Lord, also as I preach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, um, <laughs> My name is Pastor Adrian Kabilia. I'm the uh, pastor of Mount Zion Bible Baptist Church. As you know, that um, a few weeks ago we had that in the past weeks, and we received messages and uh, sermons after sermons about revival, and we've had a great blessings, and um, we praise the Lord for His working during those uh, weeks of uh, preaching. And uh, many uh, preachers came and helped us in you know, um, uh, conveying the message to the Lord about revival. And our people immediately, you know, um, um, responded to that, as I can say, as I observe my people, and we praise the Lord for His working. And this morning, we are not yet through. We are still here to do this um, last leg of the soul revival. And I believe that um, all of us, you know, are looking forward for the Lord's working. And again, we, we, we thank the Lord uh, personally to Pastor Louis Howell. Uh, I thank the Lord for his um, work here in Pakatane and uh, for his friendship and for um, helping us to um, have access to those um, tracks that we can use for our church uh, as we give our tracks to the city and to the neighborhoods, to the houses in Oakland. And uh, Pastor Howell also organized this yearly. So winning revival and bringing um, men from the United States, um, um, <coughs> pastors that can um, preach to us and encourage us and uh, help us um, to, to encourage our people. And again, uh, we praise the Lord for the labor of Pastor Howell in this part of New Zealand. And again, our theme this year is Call Unto Me. Call Unto Me. And that emphasizes prayer. That kind of um, title is really, uh, um, you know, uh, a beautiful title to this conference. It is derived from Jeremiah 33 verse three, call unto me and I will answer thee. And what a a blessed thought it is. What a blessed thought that our God wants us to call him. What 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 a blessing that our God Wants us to call, and He compels us to call. He, he is the one that wants us to, you know, um, encourage us, call unto Me. He is inviting us to call. Why? Because He already has the answer when we call. I will answer thee. You see, the reason why God wants us to call because um, only God can make us accomplish the impossible. Amen. There's no amount of power we have. There's no amount of strength we have that we can accomplish those things that God you know, wanted done um, in this time in our life. And you see, my friend, when we call upon the Lord, then God will cause the victory. It is the Lord that will cause that joy. It is the Lord that will cause that rejoicing that revival and calling upon God can trigger, trigger revival. And it is, again, the Lord that will make it happen. It will, it will be you know, a spiritual awakening. It will be a blessing, not just to our personal walk <coughs> with the Lord, not just to our, our individual or respective families, not just our church, but even beyond. When God will you know, um, work in the lives of his people, he said, "And I will answer thee. Answer. Why? Because our God is faithful. He will answer when you when you call upon the Lord. I don't know about you, but for many times I call upon the Lord. I can I can see the Lord, you know, the response of God in the prayers. I can see that in personal, um, you know, a personal call in my personal prayer, and I can see also uh, among so many people that I know." And they call upon the Lord, and the Lord answer their prayers. Why? Because our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. Do I have to say this, that our God is faithful? You see, he answers prayers. Why? Because we have a faithful God. And, and, and the Lord, um, uh, he, he answers our call, and he will supply our needs because he promised that. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things. Show thee, that means you will see, you will see things you have never seen before. You, you will see things, and you will experience joy you have not experienced before. It is only upon calling upon the Lord. Why? Because God said in 1 in, uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man? What are the things which God had prepared for them that love him? You see, when, when God answers, it is grand. When the Lord answers our prayers, it is mighty. It is majestic. It is, you know, I, I, I had my... Bible, but the first Bible I had, I, I got saved in 1993. Um, and the first Bible I had was, a, was an old Bible given to, my, uh, to me by my pastor. And in that first page, in that first page, there is a, 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 a handwriting. I don't know who wrote that. It says there, um, um, when, when God is your partner, Make your plans large. Make your plans large. You see why? Because the Lord, when He when He answers prayers, it is mighty. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But the problem with us, we, we limit the Lord. We limit Him. We don't want we don't want Him to work the fullest because, perhaps, maybe because of unbelief. Maybe because we don't believe him when he said great and mighty things which thou knowest that. And you see, he said, call unto me, and I will answer thee. But you say, pastor, we all do call. We all do pray. We do that. But I believe there is a problem to this prayer. The problem here today is we do not know how to pray. Because if we follow the Lord and his um, command to us to pray, he would have answered that long time ago. But why is it that we can see that it seems like God is not moving, God is not working? Why? Because maybe there is something wrong. We do not know how to pray. This problem um, about prayer is a perennial problem. The, 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 Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote this in, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 26. And he said this, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We know not what to pray for as we ought. And again, this is my problem, perhaps. This is your problem. But again, this is not just our problem. This problem already existed uh, during the time of the, of the disciples 2,000 years ago. When the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, asked by his disciples in, in Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, in Luke 11, verse number 1, the disciple, you know, he uh, said here, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, the Lord Jesus was a little bit away from the disciples. He he took off, you know, a little bit away in a solitary place that you no know, disturbance, perhaps, and he can he can like uh, talk to the Father with with the solemnity of the environment and the place. And the Lord Jesus loves this kind of environment. He moved away from his disciple and he prayed there. And then here in this verse, and it uh, said, "Um, as he was praying in a certain place, when he uh, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. That tells us that there is a problem. They do not know how to pray. And I'm not talking about ordinary Christians. These are apostles. There's a problem in prayer. And I believe that problem is still exists and persists until today. That problem still persists until today. That the, the disciples of the Lord heard him preach. And 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 he did not ask the Lord to teach him how to preach. The disciples of the Lord they experienced all these miracles and great miracles that they, they have experienced. But they did not ask the Lord to teach them to perform miracles. <clears throat> the people did not ask the Lord. teach them how to sing. The people asked the Lord and said to the Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Today, my friend, we will look at a few items to see the importance of prayer in seeking revival. This is the reason why we are here. If our prayer is faulty, Do not expect that something can come out right in a revival meeting. When the basis of revival is prayer and the, that basis is faulty. As if that basis is sh- shaking, there is no revival that can happen. But revival comes when Christians pray. Mm-hmm. When Christians pray. Sure. Let's take a look at the simple demonstration of the fact that God sends gracious times of refreshing in answer to the prayers of His people, His children. And the Lord always delivers this. The Lord never fails to do this. Mm-hmm. When people pray right at the moment of their prayer, many of them receive the answer from the Lord. The divine promises. In the Bible will prove us that prayer really, that prayer will will trigger revival, as we have read that in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse number fourteen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. That is what you know. God's promise to his people when they pray. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal, will heal their land. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 12. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 12. Then shall shall you call upon me and ye shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. I will hearken unto you. What, what was the requirement from God? Prayer. You pray, then God will answer. You pray, then God will hearken. Jeremiah 3:3 is the same. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, this reference is here, as we have seen that. These references show that God is willing to send revival and will do so in answer to the prayer of his people. Over and over again, the Lord has demonstrated that he does that in the past, he does that in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, and even in the in, in, in the times of you know the Uh, The revival in America and, and, and many other places, the Lord does that. We see here Samuel. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verse number 1 to 14, you will find there Samuel prayed. He prayed. And right there, the Lord answered Samuel's prayer and sent revival to Israel. But you see how how this has happened. At first, you see that the people had forsaken the Lord. For sure, any person, any family, any church, or any country that had forsaken the Lord, they will have problems. Yeah. It will always be there is always problem when people forsake the Lord. But these people are the same. They had forsaken the Lord, and we found that that the people worship Baalim and Ashtaroth. These are no gods. But these people harden their hearts against the Lord and thinking that uh, this Baalim and Ashtaroth are gods. To provoke God to anger. That is found in verse number four. These are false gods. Prophet Samuel challenged the people. He told the people and he, he, he asked the people in verse number four to put away Baalim, put away Ashtaroth, put away the false gods and worship God only. I will tell you, when 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 Samuel asked these people, the people's response was, you know, they agreed with Samuel and they destroyed all this, you know, worship of Baalim and Ashtaroth and they worshiped God only but when they did you know that the devil devil is not happy about what the people did now the Philistines in this time organized an attack they organized an attack and the children of God were so afraid in verse number seven they were very scared they were very very scared And you know what's the response of God's people? God's people now are the ones pushing Samuel to, Samuel, keep on praying. Do not cease to pray. Keep on praying. Just keep on praying and just do not stop praying. And because Samuel did, and in verse number 10, because of prayers, Revival came and the Lord answered and helped Israel. That is again the direct answer of God to prayer. The Lord answered the answers the prayer of his people. Another example, Hezekiah. <clears throat> Hezekiah in Second Chronicles chapter 29. Second Chronicles chapter 29. There is a great revival happened in Judah. <clears throat> they experience great uh, blessing and revival um, through the leadership of Hezekiah. Second Chronicles 29, verse number 3, uh, down to verse number 36. You will see that the children of Israel receive um, the punishment from the Lord the firstness of God's anger as you can see in verse number five and and why because so many reasons they allowed they left they neglect the neglect the the service of the Lord the altar of the Lord is so filthy we do not know what other things are placed there at the altar of the Lord the altar of the Lord is supposed to be the cleanest part you know of um the, the worship place. The altar of the Lord is supposed to be the cleanest part but the altar of the Lord is so filthy. And in verse number 6 and verse number 7 we found that they had forsaken the Lord their God. They do not care about God anymore. Christians do not go to church anymore. And Christians do not do not support the ministry anymore. They stop the services because no one is coming. No one is coming. They stopped the services, and they turned their backs against the Lord. But praise the Lord, Hezekiah. Hezekiah, he saw and understood God's call in that moment in time to do the right thing. And what he did, he encouraged the people. He encouraged the people. He gathered the people. He 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 commanded the people in in verse number eleven, and he said this to the people: My sons, my sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord had chosen you to stand before Him, to serve the Lord, to serve Him, and that you should minister unto Him and burn. Incense, when I look at this, I'll tell you, it seems like God is talking to me. It looks like God is talking to our people in the churches today. You see, brethren, this is our time to serve the Lord. We have this time today. It is us that God wants us to serve him. We need to serve the Lord. We must, he said, you should minister unto him. That is why I called upon my people. I talked to them. I encouraged them to serve the Lord. Do not be negligent. Serve the Lord with all your heart. And again, let us do what is the right thing in the sight of the Lord. And here we have another example of prayer. A prayer that opened the great revival in the lives of God's people. The book of Nehemiah chapter 1 will tell us what that great revival that took place in the, uh, in the lives of the people of God. Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 5 to 11 Nehemiah heard of the report. And when he heard of the report about the devastation, uh, and, and he knows that his country and his people in Jerusalem are in desperate situation. They are in dire need. They need help. And no one can help them but God. No one can help them. And because of his, of his desperation, he came to the Lord he asked the Lord he prayed and when he prayed God sent revival just one man prayed just one man in the Lord sent revival you also see in the book of judges in the book of judges you will find and notice the time and time again The people turned to God in prayer and and the Lord, uh, each time they come to him, he graciously answered their prayer. We have a lot of history accounts of revival recorded in the New Testament also. You will find in in the New Testament, the great revival at Jerusalem. But that great revival, you know, did not happen without the much, much prayer beforehand. So prayer preceded revival that is why i said at the beginning that if our prayer is faulty do not expect revival because the prayer is not right there is no revival when 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 you know prayer in the sight of god is not right and you see also in the in the book of acts chapter 4 and and notice here that it was the prayer that immediately preceded this wonderful outpouring of the blessing of God upon God's people. Prayer. Prayer, then revival. Prayer, then revival. In Antioch, in Philippi, in Ephesus, all of these incidents, all preceded by prayer. Have we prayed for this revival? We come to this revival, and I hope and pray that you know, we will see that God's mighty hand working, because again, only God can do them that mighty <clears throat> work. There is no power in our hand to do this great work of the Lord. The work of the Lord is a divine work. So, therefore, we need a divine help. Yeah, we yep. need God. Yeah, amen. The inspiring records also of revival that have occurred in more recent times will prove us that all of these revivals that we know of, recorded in our recent history, they are all preceded by prayer. Okay. Prayer. And as the result of prayer, God answered by pouring out a great blessing. Now, this time. What is the kind of prayer that promotes revival? What is the kind of prayer that promotes revival? That will make God to send his outpouring of divine blessing upon the lives of God's people and that the work of God, you know, will will will, will see its result? I will show you some of this list. There are so many, but I, I will just limit my um, number of um, items here to show to you that there is this kind of prayer that really promotes revival. And the first one to that is that prayer that has come as the result of a deeply felt need. In other words, my friend, that prayer must be a disparate prayer we must have a disparate prayer because disparate prayer is akin to revival and you see in Luke chapter 19 verse number verse number 41 you will find the Lord Jesus looking at this city of um, Jerusalem and he said here in verse number forty-one. And when he was come near, he he beheld the city, and wept over it, saying, "If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes." The Lord cried. The Lord, look at this desperate situation. And again, um, I, I wonder if, if you still remember the the story of, of in the writing there of Nehemiah chapter one? I wonder if you still fresh in your mind um, how that when he when Nehemiah heard of the news, immediately, immediately the Lord spoke to him and you know, like touched his heart, and and, and he immediately he saw. The need in Jerusalem, and because of the desperate need for the help in Jerusalem, it drove Nehemiah to his knees to seek the Lord in prayer. He sought the Lord. He cried unto the Lord. He he you know um, um, uh, he, he asked the Lord with all intention, with all humility, and confession of sins. And you can find that in Nehemiah chapter one. You see, Nehemiah has this burden in his heart. He has this burden in his heart. And as he heard of the state of the people in Jerusalem, when he heard of of the state of the wall, he wept over it. He wept over it. The Lord also wept over it. The Lord Jesus, both Nehemiah and the Lord Jesus are the same. They wept. They had tears. But I will tell you, when they wept and they had tears, God heard them. God heard their prayers. Have we not tears for our city? Have you cried to the Lord for the sake of your town? Have you cried to the Lord in utter desperation? Lord, help the people in our city. Allow the people, Lord, to see the gospel. Have you cried to the Lord about that? I do not know how many of us cry. If you have not cried, do not expect that God will answer Do not expect that God will answer you when you you seek for revival and you have not cried for the city. You have not asked the Lord. You have not begged the Lord for the salvation of the people. It is amazing how God sends revival when God's people are (coughs) desperate. When God's people are serious. Then God will move. What is the prayer that promotes revival? Of course, the disparate prayer. Another thing, not just the disparate prayer. A prayer that is marked by a spirit-born intensity. There must be intensity. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse number 3, Isaiah 44, verse 3, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry, dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring." In Daniel chapter nine, I will just, um, you can turn your Bible fast, but I will just um, um, read these verses and, and, and follow. And if you can write the references, then that's, that's fine. In Daniel chapter nine, verse number three, Daniel said here, and I set my face unto the Lord God. He said, I set my face unto the Lord God. In other words, he was serious in this. He was serious. That's what also the, the, the Second Chronicles 7.14 said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Daniel was so serious. And I prayed unto the Lord, my God, and made my confession in verse number four. And verse number three, I do not want to miss this, um, how this is written. He said, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. This is serious. Daniel was so serious in his prayers. And again, verse number four, and I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even the, by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. neither have I, have we hearkened unto thy <coughs> servant the prophets, which spake by um, by thy name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces as at this day. To the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the, the countries, whether thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. In verse number 8, he said, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith. <laughs> Verse number 8 again. O oh Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Daniel confessed their sins. And Daniel, I can't imagine that Daniel has this kind of sins. I believe he acknowledged that as a, as a, you know, a, as a people in general, the people of God have committed this evil. And Daniel confessed that sins, and he confessed the trespasses of his people. He asked God for forgiveness, and he confessed all their sins. When shall we do ours? When shall we ask God for For the forgiveness of our sins. You see, as the people of God in our days, we are not serious. We want God's blessing, but Lord, we want you to answer our prayers. But you don't call, we don't pray. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. We want the den. We just want the den. We want God's blessing. But we don't want his commandments. We want God's blessing, but we don't want to serve him. It's hard for us to get up to church. And get there, you know, before Sunday school starts. But we want God's blessing, we want the den. You see, when shall we do our part of confession of our sins? If we want revival, we cannot have it if we can if we not confess our wrongdoings. We cannot have it. We cannot have it until we confess our sins, until our repentance be as notorious as our sins. Do not expect anything to happen. The intensity of Daniel's prayer and without a shadow of doubt, he was serious in his prayer. No wonder, no wonder, God did that great and mighty things in the life of Daniel. Oh, how I love Daniel. And how he walked with God. And how he stood. He could have died many times in those occasions of his, of his standing for God. You see, but the people of the churches now didn't want change. They love status quo. They love what they do in the churches. Coming to church and then then leave and then um, 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 be holy Sunday and something else Monday. Throughout Saturday. They love what they have. They just want God to bless uh, the way they are. pastor we, we, we want to we want to be blessed by God but didn't want to change. we we, we just want God to bless the way we are. we just want uh, to practice our comfortable religion. we want comfort. we just want to perform our religious duty, showing up Sunday, giving our offering. That's all what God needs. No, God does not need your offering. Yep. God does not need your attendance. Yep. God needs your heart. Yep. Because everything else will follow yep. if your heart is taken by God. Yep. That's why God said, my son, give me your heart. Give me that heart. As long as your heart is not taken by God, I will tell you, you, you will go somewhere else. as God, As your heart dictates. You see, we want to practice this. You know, this is what everyone else does. This is what every every other uh, um, religion is doing. You know what? While God's work is serious, God's people are not. Until... We truly have compassion for souls. We are not ready for revival. Until my friend. We call upon God in desperation. We are not ready for revival. Until um, uh, we are not ready to abandon ourselves and pride. We are not ready for revival. We just dream about revival. But we are not ready for that. There is a price to revival. It does not come free. You have to sow it. You have to labor for it until the Lord will flood that rain, will give you that rain that you need, and will prosper what you have sown. You see, until we are ready to sacrifice, we are not ready for revival. Our God is able to do great and mighty things. And he has proven that time and time again. And he wants to do it even in our life today. He wants to do it. He did that in the past. He he can do it now in our means. He can do it. The power is not a problem because it is coming from God. Mm. The problem is our heart. The problem we do not know. How to pray. We need to put an end of our indifference and apathy. We need, we need to begin to truly love the lost souls and beg the Lord and cry out to God, Lord, save the lost. Lord, help me. and And, and Lord, uh, put that burden in my heart. Use me as a clean becile. Yeah, We don't cry. Unto the Lord. To supply the need of the people. These people, they need someone. To stand in that gap. To make up the hedge. For the land. That God should not destroy it. Yeah. But the, the, the sad thing the Lord commented. I found none. I found none. Not one Christian will step out of the way and, and, and do that, the, the hard work. We want comfortable, you know, service. We want to be comfortable in our, in our service of God. We don't want to rule our sleeves and, and do the dirty work. No, not one would, would stand in the gap. God is looking for someone that will stand in the gap. Stop your indifference. Stop your apathy. Call upon God. And ask the Lord. Lord, help me of my selfishness. Lord, forgive me of my selfishness. Give me that real burden for the lost souls. Give me that burden, Lord. You see... What is that prayer that promotes revival? A prayer that is offered with a God-glorifying motive. A prayer that is offered with a God-glorifying motive. Our measurement here, our guide is James chapter 4 verse number 3. James chapter 4 verse number 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your last. Question. Why we want revival? <clears throat> what is our motive? Why we want revival? I tell you what. We can have big churches. People will come to church. We will flock to the church. We'll listen to uh, the Word of God. You will buy King James Bible and you will bring their Bibles to church. And we will have big, you know, uh, youth program. We will have uh, schools. We will have all of this, and we will we will enjoy in our in our services. We will enjoy with so much people. We, we will have, you know, a, a beautiful day in our ministry. Is that our motive? Oh, so that we can, we can have our own building. I will tell you, it's not bad to have a building. It's not, it's not wrong to have a building. Oh, so that we can have an easy life. Is that what we need? Why, why we need revival is because of our easy life? And it's not bad to, to, to live a prosperous life. Because God will prosper you. But I will tell you my friend. Revival is not about us. Revival is not about you. Revival is not even about me. Revival is not even about your church. There is only one person behind the reason why revival should come. And Revelation 4.11 will answer that. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. The reason why we need to have revival it's because for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Amen. To close this morning, we'll again take a look at Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, he understood the moment that God has chosen a people to stand before him. And in those times, it was Hezekiah and all his men. And all his people. But I will tell you today, my friend. God has chosen a people that would, would stand before him to serve him. And that time is now. And that people, God wants to serve him. Us. It's us. Those who love the Lord. Those whose heart is. The Lord has spoken, the Lord has taken those people who love to seek the Lord. Here Hezekiah, he understood the moment that God has chosen a people to stand before him because God's calling is precious. And because of that, he exhorted the people in Israel. He exalted the people to serve the Lord in Judah. And they served the Lord faithfully. In 2 Chronicles 29, 11, <coughs> again, he said, My sons, be not now negligent. For the Lord had chosen you to stand before him to serve him. And that you should minister unto him and burn incense, my friend, that time is now. And brethren, this is our time to serve the Lord. Young people, this is our time to serve the Lord. And serve him faithfully with all your heart. And consider the the, the Lord that will work these great and mighty things before your eyes. But let us serve the Lord with all our heart. God is calling us today. As the time of Hezekiah, that is the time now that we have. We are the people that God wants to to, uh, to serve Him. Do not expect the Mormons will do that. Do not expect the Jehovah's Witnesses to do this. The Lord is... You know, calling upon us to serve him. That's why Hezekiah said, my sons, be not now negligent. Serve the Lord and minister unto him. That is the same call that we have today. And I will tell you, the Lord will pour his blessing once we do the right service that he requires. When Christians pray, the Lord will answer. His power is in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord. Lord, teach us to pray. I think there is problem, Lord, in our prayer. Because as you promised, O God, and you have demonstrated the performance of those promises that you indeed, Lord, answered the prayers of your people and you sent revival as they sought revival. Lord, help us to pray. Help us, O God, that we will Consider when we come and serve you, we will consider your holiness. That, Lord, you are holy. And because you are holy, we ought to be holy. We are saved with a price. We are redeemed with a price. Therefore, we ought to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Bless your people, Lord, and <coughs> thank you for your working. And continue, Lord, to work in our midst. We praise you in Jesus' name of praise. Amen. Let's all stand, bow our heads, close your eyes. We're going to the prayer. Each one of them. Our theme this year is prayer. Prayer in our soul winning efforts. Pray as we are sanctified and set apart from God. Pray as we serve and we submit unto that separation that He is requires. And this is important to get a believer. Pray for revival.